And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you Hello everyone! Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is New York City-based actress, singer, and also improviser, my friend, Diana DiCostanzo! Woo! Yay! Hello! Thank you for having me. Yes, and today we're talking about a very specific (laughs) performance of Jesus Christ Superstar. Usually I wait until after I do all the background, but why did you pick this? Listen. (laughs) As soon as I heard that you were looking for ideas, like uh, (laughs) I knew exactly what I wanted because this is in my top two favorite movies of all time ever. and always will be. So this is the 2001, I think, or 2000 film version of Jesus Christ Superstar. I will preface this too by saying I have never seen the original and never will. Um, (laughs) The original movie, you mean? The original movie, yes. I've seen stage versions, but at this point, this movie is my film Jesus Christ Superstar frame of reference, (laughs) and I feel like seeing the other one would just muddy things. (laughs) Maybe I will see it one day, but I don't know. I'm like weirdly like very territorial of this movie. I don't like when people say bad things about it so i'm actually kind of nervous that we're gonna critique it and i'm gonna love everything and you're gonna be like well this part was weird and i'll be like no it's perfect it's brilliant never change um but it's fine if you feel that way actually we're we're gonna have some words then oh no (laughs) but i chose it because it 20 years ago is when it came out and when i was introduced to it and i found my love of the show jesus christ superstar through this movie and it became one of those movies that i watched over and over my sister and i basically always watched it if my best friend katie came over sorry katie we're watching jesus christ superstar she'd get so annoyed like again like yes it's jesus christ superstar right um so it's just it's one of those movies for when you're young like i was probably 13 ish when i was first introduced to it so i just became obsessed with it and then it just remains like very precious to me so the version that we're specifically talking about it's actually from PBS's Great Performances, Season 29, Episode 11, Jesus Christ Superstar, written by Tim Rice and music uh, book and lyrics, and music by uh, Andrew, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes. Um, this, <laughs> it's directed by Gail Edwards and Nick Morris. It premiered April 11th, 2001, and according to IMDb, a rock musical version of the passion play seen from the point of view as of Judas. Now (laughs) I've seen, I've seen the original and I've seen also other uh, performances of it, but Mm -hmm. I would not call it that. I mean, I think that's this, this productions, like this is what the, this director's vision was Mm -hmm. that it was Judas telling the story, but like, Overall, it's kind. Of, it's supposed to be like the last week of Christ's life. Yeah. What's interesting too is obviously I have a love of Jesus Christ Superstar in general. And when I was in college in a directing class, 
uh, musical directing class, we had to do a project at the end, which were mini musicals, and we picked a show and cut it down to like 15, 20 minutes. And so that is an exercise in editing things. And I picked this show, of course. And at first, I just wanted it to be Jesus, Judas, and Mary. And I found that that was even too much. And in interpreting the source material itself, discovered that actually this whole thing really is just Jesus and Judas. It's like that relationship, like when it's boiled down to it. Um, and this movie, I I do think it definitely leans towards Judas's point of view and Judas's journey more so. But in general, I think, you know, there's a lot of song and dance quite literally, but it really is Jesus and Judas and that relationship in those last few days or last week of his life. Well, it's interesting because this is based off of the 2000 revival, Broadway yes. revival, that was directed by Gail Edwards. So like when you're in the beginning, when you're watching it and it says film directed by Gail Edwards and uh, Nick Morris and then directed by Gail Edwards, I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> I had to do, obviously I do a lot of research for this podcast and I was just like, oh, that makes sense. And basically they had two of the actors in the revival be in the movie and mm-hmm. that's it. Well, also I noticed when I was rewatching it at the end, it said, thank you, UK national tour or UK tour company. So I think there might've been a lot of people from whatever tour happened in the UK or revival there. But I do know that Glenn Carter, who plays the titular character of Jesus, um, <laughs> Yeah, he, um... uh, he was Jesus in those revivals, or at least the Broadway one. And then one of my favorite performers in the movie who plays Simon, uh, his the actor's name, Tony Vincent, I believe he was Judas in the Broadway productions, yes, which when you see him sing, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know why your voice is great. <laughs> I think he actually went on to be on The Voice, like the show The Voice or one of those shows. Like as a contestant or? I think so. Oh. I did like a Google of, him a while back was like oh you were on this show okay i only looked up uh seven named people i didn't do peter or simon i should have because all of a sudden when peter sang i was just like where did this voice come from (laughs) that was one of the things i wrote down on sharps oh and actually uh frederick frederick p owens reprised his role as caiaphas Oh, his voice. Yes. That's one of those things when I'm showing it this movie to a new person, which happens a lot, um, then I just wait until they hear his voice for the first time and everyone always goes, oh, yeah, because he's like that beautiful bass. Um, Oh, and I will say the other thing about this movie and myself is that um, I watch it every year on Easter. That is my Easter tradition. Um, because I, so I grew up and went to Catholic school. So like learning about Jesus and all of this stuff, like was something I learned at school and then was an altar server. And I'm not as religious now. I'm not necessarily practicing. I'm not going to church every Sunday, but on That's Easter, fine. I do try to go to church if I can. And then I make dinner and I watch Jesus Christ Superstar. So I feel like that's my my connection still <laughs> so the other cast though uh like jerome oh, fuck i'm gonna fuck up his name jerome Pradon. i've always said Praden, but i bet you that's not how it's pronounced well so the way that it's written in the movie is not how it's really supposed to be written because there's accents and things like that well he's french 
So, yes. Um, and yeah. he he's a stage uh, like they're all stage actors basically. He started in '91 in Les Mis, and he has been in like three different versions of Les Mis over the years. I didn't even know that. I, You're I teaching go, me. I go deep. Who um, is he in Les Mis? Uh, crap. He was Javert at one point. Oh, he okay. played one of the students in another point. He's he's been in a, a few roles. He's typecast as the bad boy. Yes. Um, and <laughs> the only one though that I really couldn't find anything is on the only woman, really, Renee Castle. Renee Castle. She's so interesting because I think she's so engaging to watch in the movie. I think there's points where her voice isn't the strongest, but like I said, I've watched this movie like thousands of times over the last 20 years. And so there's things I just love about her or all of them, even if their performances aren't perfect. And just even the last time I rewatched it, I was like, oh, girl, you got those perfect 90s eyebrows going on. Like, that's the high. (laughs) I, see, I knew about this because I remember renting the original movie from the library a bunch of times and then obviously this version's right next to it and mm-hmm. i don't think i saw it growing up i watched the original mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the one that they shot in israel yeah we're good uh <laughs> not a soundstage in the uk <laughs> no this one they shot it in israel and various locations in the middle east and it's interesting because that concept is that they're like a bunch of hippies in the desert. Right. And so they put on costumes to play the characters, do the whole musical, and then they get back on their VW bus at the end, like, sort of changed. It's really fascinating. Feels very Godspell-y. It is, but I love it. (laughs) Okay. But I was... This version, man, oh my god, I did not like the fact that they were, <laughs> they modernized it, and they had really? guns and things like that. No. Because, well, the one thing that was really interesting, though, is that they play the ensemble to be, like, cult members. A so little like, bit, yeah. So, like, obviously, they've been following Jesus for X number of years, but then, what song was it? Oh, it was Simon's song. Christ, you know I love you. Simon's Alex, yeah. That's one of my favorite songs. But like, you know, they, riot police show up and then um, Jesus is like, hey guys, maybe like no guns? Yeah, I mean, that's definitely (laughs) that moment. The end of the previous song too is definitely a moment where you realize, okay, my followers, or Jesus realized, okay, my followers may have, taken this farther than i expected which like that's kind of relevant to current events just throwing that out there but um it does touch on that a bit which i mean the story of jesus is political in a way and so i mean i i appreciated it being modernized but at the same time i this is the only version i know and so i don't have that other frame of reference of the 70s one the part, <laughs> the, <laughs> the part that got me a little confused is because it was modern, uh, some guys looked like Dane Cook to me. 
And I was just like, is that Dane Cook? Wait, no, is that one Dane Cook? No, is I wrote that down, one Dane Cook? I love all the spiky hair. <laughs> They're just and like Simon in this does look exactly like Sugar Ray. <laughs> <laughs> but like you 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 see what I mean? Like they have yeah. and I saw a tribal band tattoo across somebody's arm, and I was just like, Yes. <laughs> it's very dated to the early two thousands, late nineties, yeah. early two thousands. Um, but what I found interesting, too, is when the live version happened that was on, I forget, NBC or one of those um, that happened recently, mm-hmm. they basically used the same stylistic stuff. Like, it was it was very rock, sort of edgy, punk, like modern. And so a lot of people I know liked that for that version, especially because it was like this rock concert. And me sitting there being like, actually, they did this in like 2001 for this movie a little bit, but like, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that that was actually the whole point of the of the show. It's it started in the 70s as like a concert, you know, yeah. where they base it off of the Gospels of Matthew, Luke, and Mark, and then Fulton J. Sheen's Life of Christ. See, I did a little more research. Yeah. <laughs> so like doing arenas and things like that, that's more what the show is supposed to be, not a theater show. Right. So like doing tours is what the show is made for. Go and search Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. And it was very like, there was a lot of uh, backlash too when it was opening, especially in England. Oh, you know, with people the... having issue with the subject matter and whatnot. But I will say as someone who, when I was younger, like went to Catholic school, like I was having to learn about this stuff anyway in school. And so when I found a musical that actually at least made it interesting, I was like, okay, great. And what was interesting too, is I had to um, take this CCD class after I left Catholic school in order to do my confirmation. And no one ever participated. No one answered questions to the teacher and so this teacher was asking something the answer was like king herod and no one was answering i was like well i know this answer so i raised my hand i was like oh king herod and they thought oh i know this information because i went to catholic school these other kids didn't and i was like actually i know this from Mm -hmm. jesus christ superstar so in a way it was a religious education to to supplement the rest was the question who played Drop Dead Fred in Jesus Christ Superstar? Because <laughs> I didn't know that that Rick Mile, who played King Herod in this production, played Drop Dead Fred. <laughs> that I actually haven't seen. But so I know uh, Rick just from this movie or for the longest time, only from this movie. And I am a huge Anglophile, especially in the last few years and have heard this name mentioned so i realized oh this is like a british comedian that's beloved in the uk and in a way that's the reason why he was in this because he's this beloved uk icon and not because he has the best voice but i do appreciate his attitude in that song now and in doing research it's kind of interesting that his song was a rewrite of a song Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice put in for the 1969 Eurovision Song Contest called Try It and See. I didn't know that. Tell me more. I mean, I got it from Wikipedia, so take it with a grain of salt. But it was supposed to be sung by Lulu, was rejected, and then somebody else sang it. Uh, If you give me a second, I can tell you who it was, I think. No? No, I can't tell you. 
okay. it's, it's too far gone so many pages away <laughs> but it's just interesting and then the show moved to broadway in 1971 and has been going on and off since yeah my favorite was supposed to be the 2014 tour that was canceled like a few days before they were supposed to leave oh you, what happened there you, I, no one knows but it was supposed to be michelle williams from destiny's child as mary magdalene and jc chazay from in sync as king herod interesting casting yeah. with that last one <laughs> and then uh there was a, a reality competition show in the uk called superstar where they were looking for the next jesus and wow. that guy went on to do it I think in the West End and he was supposed to be on the tour as well, but then obviously it got canceled. So I think I need to watch that reality show (laughs) because that's like uh, legally blonde, the search for the next Elle Woods when they did that show. Yes. It's just like, okay, falsetto here, falsetto here. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a few songs I want to talk about. Sure. Because I need a little therapy from it. So in Almost all iterations of Jesus Christ Superstar, besides this one, my favorite song is Superstar. The imagery that went along with it, it made me question the other versions of it. So did it to you come across as like Judas is kind of like mocking Jesus? Totally. There's so much that goes on in that song in this film there's him mocking. There's this incredibly interesting moment when he says, did you mean to die like that? Is that a mistake? Or did you know your messy death would be a record breaker? And as he sings that lyric, he shows Jesus this Bible and Jesus goes, wait, what? Like with his eyes and he pulls the Bible away as if like spoilers of your life. It really like breaks this fourth wall Hmm. and it's almost like modern media because there's screens happening. There's paparazzi. But at the same time, I think in a way it's all in Jesus's head what's happening there because Judas has since or before dead. this is dead yeah he, um he died. and so he is revived for this song and so there's I mean there's many reasons theatrically that could be and I think it's up to audience interpretation but yeah I don't know I just find it interesting I don't know if I have answers but maybe I don't know what's been done in other shows are they just singing it and dancing and i think they're just singing and dancing and i didn't actually connect the two because like superstar is a bop no matter how you put it you're dancing you hear that song you're yeah you're just like i'm with i'm with the leather mama angels and this one i love their outfits (laughs) jesus christ but that's that was a thing too though because Judas's backup singers were in the red leather dresses and then Mm -hmm. the angels were in like leather bikinis with wings and I was just like what? (laughs) But sometimes you don't need to question it just like (laughs) enjoy the ride and like Obviously, Judas traded out his black leather jacket for a red leather jacket. Oh, what a bad boy. Uh. <laughs> there was, my favorite was The Last Supper because everyone had a costume change. You want to know something? I noticed two things when I rewatched it right before we were doing this that uh-huh. I had never noticed in all of my 20 years of watching it. One of them was that before The Last Supper is um, Judas basically selling out Jesus, that scene. Money, yeah. Up until that point, Judas was wearing the black leather jacket, black pants with a red shirt. 
Uh-huh. And once the next scene happens, right after he sells him out, he switches to a black shirt. So just the black that. shirt, and then he, and then that's what he wears until Superstar, which is then the yeah. all red outfit. Yeah, I know like, I said that like noticed. a huge reveal, but it's weird that I never noticed, noticed that. that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I I wrote that down in Heaven on Their Minds, where I was like, oh, good, Judas is in black and Jesus is in white. I yeah. mean, obviously Jesus is going to be in white. But they made Judas in all black. And it's interesting because in a, in the original Broadway and in the original movie, they cast a black man usually to play Judas. Oh, okay. Like Ben Vereen originated the role on Broadway. Mm-hmm. He didn't originate the role because obviously they had an album out before the stage version. Uh, but he was the first one on on the Broadway to do it. And then I don't remember who played him in the movie. I'm so bad. (laughs) It's all right. We're not here to talk about that movie. (laughs) We're not here to talk about that movie. This one, though, is interesting, too, because the way that Judas treats Jesus, he's always angry with him, but you never really see the love. I, I do see that. The more I watch this movie, the more I get the nuance of Jerome Praden's performance as Judas and their interactions. Because I think on first watch, it, it may be missing, but I do think it's actually there. And we're also seeing the story start at the point where the, he is fed up with him. In the um, middle, right. Yes. Right. And so there, the point where he comes in and kisses him and betrays him, it's this, I had to do this. I love it. Like he's just beside himself. I th- And then the regret, I think the love for Jesus that that character of Jesus, Judas has is shown in the regret that he has after he does yeah, what he does. But like I had questions before then because like everything's all right. I mean, mm-hmm. when he gets super angry he was always angry before that too. And I'm just like, give me a moment of like, you love him. Not like I'm in love with him, but just like, you know, what the others are doing, what everyone what else What that is. investment is in. Although, yeah. and I know we're getting into territory and I knew this was inevitable of me just like defending everything about this movie. <laughs> but no, that's, that's um, perfect because this is, this is perfect. Cause like, I have a lot of thoughts and feelings and questions about it. And obviously you stand this movie. So stand it so much um but i mean what is the opening song of this show it's heaven on their minds he is warning him he's questioning him like that's where we start where he's like this needs to like we i guess there's ways to show love in that but he's angry he's questioning he's like can you listen to me he's frustrated and that's where his emotions during the overture that's all i need just a hug during the overture i love the overture of this show so much and i like the opening (laughs) sequence of this movie while the overture is playing. I will say like something I do feel about this movie, which isn't always the case with some musical movies is not only is this the musical of Jesus Christ Superstar, but I feel like it is a film as well because sometimes it's just like, Oh, a stage thing put on screen, but it's not made through a film lens. And I feel like this with the way it was shot with some of the transition, like there's really smart lighting, all of these things that go into it being a film and something artistic on screen that they do really well. Yeah, because I was I was looking into the design, the designers of it. Roger Kirk is the costume designer. He 
did the King and I revival and 42nd Street where for the King and I, he won the Tony for the best costume and was nominated for 42nd Street. And he's also done King Kong. Okay. So he's, he's, he busy. And then (laughs) Peter J. Davidson is like a scenic designer for opera and theater, basically around the world. And I don't, they did not do the revival on Broadway. So it's interesting that like the way that they designed it, or at least the way Peter designed the set was like, it's like, it's like it could be done on stage, but obviously it couldn't because of the rooms that you go to. Right. What I will say is I love a set that you can climb on. Like I love (laughs) that about this. Yes. And I, and the magic bridge. This, This bridge. Yeah. This may be obvious to you, but I think at first I hadn't noticed it, is that it primarily is one space. There's only two other spaces they go to, which is that boardroom and then the, um, the where Punch's pilot, like where it's like this 360 gallery. Everything else is made to look like it's these different areas, but it is all that one space with Ooh. the columns and there's this balcony. There is a third one. Is there? Uh, or another pilot- one? pilot's dream when he's in bed i think that's in the same space that the gallery is in like ah, uh, okay i think so that they um, just redressed it for the I for think uh the trial so. before pilot which makes sense because his character is in that space a lot so it's kind of like oh we see pilot i also love that there's like purple associated with him with his his costume is crazy that actor oh my god what what an interesting person and what an interesting voice and like i oh. i i was just like huh fred johansson huh frederick p owens huh mm-hmm. uh whatever the guy's name is who played peter like yeah <laughs> I was just and swooping. peter in his song peter's denial he didn't have to go that hard with i don't know him oh but he he, he milked that moment. Fucking went there. He's like, I don't know him. <laughs> and the veins popping out of his arm. Like, yeah, you don't know him. I believe you. <laughs> but I'm I'm going to okay, I'm going to criticize. So I'm giving you warning right now. Okay. There were some moments when Jerome Prado did a few high runs that I was just like, ooh, no. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I okay. wrote down a few and I agree that obviously okay, anyone okay. hearing it would go, oh, those notes aren't right. Oh no. And <laughs> this is where it, like 20 years of watching this comes into play where, you know, even if something's bad, but you watch it enough and you like for me, me and my sister, like, oh yeah, when he does that weird thing and it becomes this shared experience. So actually it becomes like something precious to you, <laughs> even though it's bad. That's kind of where we're at. So I wrote down one when he goes, um, it's supposed to be, but every word you say today, but he goes, but every word you say today. <laughs> and he does have a squeaky voice here or there in his song where he's about to die it's a lot of shouting, but then he'll randomly hit a few notes that are like beautiful and then go back to this like squeaky sound. Yeah. I will say having directed part of this for that uh, class, the, and like looking at the score and kind of digging through it, it is so hard for like male voices. The score is not friendly. Um, so oh, yeah, it's, you it's need like tough. 
you need for Jesus and Judas, you need guys that are all of over the same ranges. But um, yeah, like, I mean, I think Jerome Britton's voice does have flaws, and I wrote that down. Um, I think I read on an IMDb trivia that he wanted to do Judas because he just wanted to do Judas. He knew he couldn't sing it. Same. That is a dream <laughs> role of mine. I need to play Judas at one point. Here's the other thing with this show is that, so I'm an alto. I have a very low voice. And especially when I was younger, I love singing tenor too. Um, and so when I discovered this show, it was on an Easter and my dad happened to be watching it. And I walked in and I was like, oh, okay. This is about Jesus it's musical. What is this? And we happened to have the CD that we got out of the library like that week. And so we listened to it in the car on our way to Easter dinner and I became obsessed with it. And I would play the CD over and over and write down the lyrics because it didn't have lyrics in the CD thing. And there was like the internet wasn't <laughs> as much of a thing. And oh my God. so like I learned these male songs like Gethsemane was the first one and Simon song, Peter song, and a lot of Judas's stuff like heaven on their minds. And I forgot where I'm going with this, but basically <laughs> it's a dream role. I want to play Judas. I want to play all the boy roles and I guess I Mary's like the the lowest on the list of who I want to play. Yeah, she's in a few songs and she's she's the woman. I wouldn't yeah. mind seeing a production where they pants where they um is it still called trouser trouser roles if it's women playing men male roles? I've never heard that term. Trouser roles? Yeah. Trouser roles is I forget when it is, but it's like when you switch the sex of a role. So it's pre- it's like okay. oh clearly you will play Judas. So it's reversed. So like they they don't change the pronouns. They still call you he him. Oh, they okay. um they don't acknowledge why you're a woman. They're just like this is Judas. Interesting. Um Let's do it. I'm in. Anyone who wants <laughs> to hire me to play Judas in a production I swear, I already know the part. I got it. <laughs> You're as good as Glenn Carter. <laughs> yeah. And Jerome Prade, all of them. I'll do anything. Honestly, I would love to even just be in the ensemble of this show. Like, anyone cast me? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah. Oh, going back a little bit. And this has to do with uh, Jerome Praden's idiosyncrasies with his voice and also The Last Supper, which we were talking about. So my sister and I both love this movie. And Obviously, we would act out a lot of it with each other. Okay. Especially the part, the fight in the Last Supper scene between Judas and Jesus. And so we would practice it a lot at home, but then we would go out in public. And like, if we're, like, we did this chorus, this kids' chorus thing, and we brought it to them, we're like, let's, sh- we want to show you something. And we would, we would do this. So we'd, uh, what's the part? It's like, uh, what? Mm. Oh, I can't even remember the beginning of it now. Cut out the dramatics. You know very well who. Why don't you go do it? You want me to do it? Hurry, they're waiting. If you knew why I do it, I don't care. Why. Like, we just go back and forth. And now I have to do it on my own because I don't live with my sister anymore. Um, but there's a part in that where um, Judas is like crumbling and he sings. Every time I look at you, I don't understand. And it's like all dramatic why you let the things you did get so out of hand? Yeah, and then he goes, that, yeah. um, 
Jerome Prade in this moment, it's one of my favorite things. He goes, you, you'd have managed. Like he, <laughs> he like catches himself on the word you, you, you'd have managed. And I'm like, it's just, I have to sing it that way every time. And people think I'm weird if I'm not weird, my sister. So yeah, <laughs> there's his idiosyncrasies, but I have fallen in love with those in a way. Well, since we're still at the Last Supper, I don't understand the other apostles' emotional responses. That is one of my favorite things. It's so comedic. And I can recognize that. I can recognize that it's overly dramatic so that it becomes comedic. Because, like, you would think, instead of crying in the corner because mommy and daddy are fighting, they would, like, separate them. Because obviously it seems like this is the height of Judas's anger. He wants to swing at Jesus. And you'd mm-hmm. think that the other apostles would be like, no. <laughs> there, it is so funny because there's, they, they fight and then everything pauses and there's one whole chorus, which lasts a while of like, look at all my trials and tribulations. And they're like crying. And Simon does this thing where he looks like left and right as he's singing and looks weird. And I'm, I laugh every time. <laughs> and then while this is happening for the whole chorus, which kind of is like a double chorus because it repeats judas and jesus are staring at each other angrily like huffing and puffing and just like their shoulders are rising but no one's moving and it's like okay you paused and then as soon as it ends it's like you sad pathetic man and it's like okay why did you it's just one of those theatrical things that doesn't make sense of like you could have been holding him back and that's why they're not doing it but then he breaks free but everyone's just paused while oh we got to sing this chorus guys don't move until the chorus is done and then yeah and it's it like is, they're frozen and then they're uh, not frozen and they're crying and somebody's holding their blanket and yeah i do agree that some of the blocking there should have been people holding each other back or them trying to fix things like it was too static in that moment and therefore it made it comedic well the other thing in my notes for king herod's song i just wrote what the fuck I, I didn't understand any choices made. Okay, so I get it. We're modernizing Jesus Christ Superstar, right? For, well, modernizing it for 2000 standards, I should say. The song already kind of has like that Charleston-y feel to it, but they like went really for that feel. And then randomly it's 80s hair metal bands, but then, you know, you have the ensemble wearing Converse and the women wearing those mermaid dress. I'm just like, what were, what were you guys on? And can I have some, please? It is definitely like one of those numbers that you could just pluck it out of, or it feels like it was just plucked in from a different movie in a way. <laughs> I think the production value of it is amazing. Like it's over the top. There's a huge light up thing that says Herod, Herod and backup yeah. dancers and all the male dancers in their suits part of me thinks they had to do all that so that the voice of Herod wasn't like like everyone's distracted by everything else so you're like oh he speaks singing like well I hate when people speak singing well that that's but yeah but that's how it's written too so you are the Christ the great Jesus Christ I think I just sang three notes there (laughs) yeah it's it's simple it's such a fun song. I don't know. I don't mind what's going on there, but I do recognize that it is way out of left field. 
Okay, um, good. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, I'm not, I, okay, I'm, I, it's good that we're having this conversation because <laughs> a lot of the stuff that I have issues with, you have issues with too. Okay, good. But I basically just have Stockholm syndrome or whatever <laughs> it's called because I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Don't, I think I did the same thing when, when we when I did Cats. I'm just like, yeah. I fucking love this movie. Everything is not, there's nothing wrong with it. The heart <laughs> wants what the heart wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so my favorite in my notes, you kind of mentioned it, Peter's denial. I just wrote, Peter, where have you been hiding? Like, oh. That brings me to actually one of my other favorite songs in this, which Peter is involved in and which is not in a lot of the stage shows. Um, it's uh, Could We Start Again, Please? Um, uh-huh. Which I I forget where it falls in the show, but uh, essentially- It's right after song. Oh, yes. And it's such this palate cleanser of being- mellow and feeling their sadness and we see we cut between you know jesus being beat up and questioned and imprisoned and the followers being like what can we do we're just distraught and when mary and peter sing in that harmony oh, it is so just good. butter and it soothes my soul and that's something else my sister and i sang all the time and i always played peter because i had the lower voice but, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but it is one of my favorite songs because it's just a pretty song um and it's simple the visuals I think there's some really smart camera work because um, there's this angle of the wall and the angle of the camera and the two of them sort of lean against the wall at the same time, creating these nice shapes. It's just, it's one and of my it, favorite parts of the movie. It's interesting because I did, I like that song too, but like, I didn't like her singing. Um, I don't know how to love him or everything's mm-hmm. all right, which is yeah. weird because those are her songs. Like those right. are, like if you play Mary Magdalene in this show, that's your those are your your songs. You you don't have to you don't fuck it up. And right. somehow there's something off about it, and I don't know what it is. She's we not have the to watch it again. Strongest like belter, which like hey, I've been there too. Um, and I think some of the sometimes people performers don't know what to do with their hands and i feel like that came into play with her singing i don't know how to love him um or maybe she was directed that way i don't know oh yeah because that's the one where she was going to go and she didn't go and i'm just like what (laughs) yeah some of the maybe i was i was a little thrown off by the stage direction and not really listening to her singing yeah that that song definitely has its imperfections not just vocals i think some of the staging but um i think where you were going with this was that in uh could we start again please she sounds great or at least because she's barking and barking yeah it's i think it's probably a little more in the sweet spot in her voice again when you have that harmony to work off of it's just like something just like unlocked there and then another thing i want to talk about is judas's death the song and everything Mm -hmm. song is great it's just a little weird that they decided to go um, lo-fi with his death. You were in this modern world and like, you don't have him shoot himself. You have him, I get it. That's how Judas did kill himself in the Bible and all that. Like he did hang himself, but just like, if you, if we're in this modern 
retelling of it, wouldn't he do something else instead? I actually never even thought about that. <laughs> interesting. Well, there, um, I, 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 I remember years ago, and I don't know if it's still on YouTube, but watching a clip of Judas's death where he shoots himself and it was a stage production. And the cool thing about it was that he shoots himself and somehow there was blood thrown on a scrim behind him. And mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was like somebody behind it did it or if it was some sort of squib or uh, so the effect uh, was just like cue. But like it really... was very well done because obviously, as we know, things like that can go wrong right? <laughs> easily. Maybe, I mean, like I said, going back to the idea that this was like a film and things were like very visually interesting, the shot of um, the noose just coming down, I think has a lot of weight. Um, And being him like up up on this balcony, I also really like when they transition to the next scene because you don't see him jump, you cut to the ensemble and you see like a rope in front of them that's moving and then they kind of move and sing and the next shot is jesus is tied up with that rope and that's how that scene transition happens beautiful i loved that actually yeah i got you to say you love something in this movie i did love that because i was just like that is really well done because again they're utilizing they're like this is a stage version but it's a film version of the stage version so yeah i think get away with shit like that i did love the magic bridge too like that bridge that That comes in and then goes up and then he jumps up oh i was yeah i think maybe with what they were dealing with maybe they just decided like that was the most dramatic like that was the best way to tell that story i i don't know is that but is that mostly how it's done in the stage version? Is I, hanging I, or? I, well, that's that's how he did it in the Bible, and so right. people pay homage. How was to that. it? How was it in the original movie? He hung himself. Okay, but that's because they're in the desert, and it's weird. It's sort of period, but not really period. It's like you know how when you watch like a fantasy movie, there's like the fantasy period, but it's yeah. not necessarily like. 1600s or the blah 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 it's kind of like that where it's fantasy period but like not a specific year and it was influenced by the 70s okay so one last thing i want to talk about is john 1941 that was it it was very well crafted and i forgot that it was all music i thought you know you uh, when I do, when I, whenever I do episodes of this podcast, obviously I write an outline for my guests and myself, and I write all the songs down that um, are in it. And so I'm like, John 1941, great, that's great, but you don't. <laughs> and like, I kind of remember Jesus Christ Superstar and everything, but then I was just like, it's music, huh? Fascinating. And the way that they did it, though, it was a little gut wrenching. Like I'm. I'm not religious by any means, but like, I, I know a moment when I see a moment. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely feels, it dips a little more into like Passion of the Christ-esque there. Yes. Um, 
I will say, even as much as I absolutely love this movie, in my mind, once the song Superstar ends, I'm done. Like, I don't pay attention (laughs) to the rest because it's because coming from my background of like Catholic school, like there's religion homework. And so sometimes this would dip into like homework feel or like something I'd learn in school, like schoolwork in a way. And the songs, like most of it, I'm very engaged. And then after that, it becomes like literal reading from the Bible. And I'm like, I would just sort of tune out. I really like how they visually did this, especially with Mary Magdalene becoming this like stand in for the mother Mary, them ending on this Pieta shot almost. Um, that Okay, so good thing you mentioned that because I was a little confused where I was just like, is she mother mary or is she still mary mags or is she like both i think they're just like it's meant to represent both but it's still kind of mary mags mary. it's yeah uh it's like we're not gonna have another actress so like just like this is artistic <laughs> but yeah, at the same time like this is where this is less a critique of the movie and more a critique of the show is that those last five ten minutes of the show i'm really not as interested in and so oh, actually when I did the mini musical version, I changed the ending. Like I cut up parts. I had it that Judas didn't die before Jesus um, or maybe. Yeah. And so basically he was look. I had a, I had a cross gobo and everything. He was sort <laughs> of looking out at the audience, but as if he was watching Jesus on the cross. And then I had cut different pieces of, um, I forget if it was his death song or if like, um, every time I look at you, I don't understand why you let like part of superstar that I basically cut and pasted lyrics that made it like a profound ending of him looking at Jesus in that moment and c- questioning it. I don't know. I was just trying, I was in theater school too. So trying to be like artsy and cool. I don't know if that's a better ending, but I'm I, <laughs> but yeah, at least like I felt I wanted to change it up just cause, uh, yeah, I don't know. It felt a little like Catholic school homework the ending otherwise but i do love the credits in this movie so i would sometimes just like fast forward and watch the credits um okay so in this and i think in all the productions there's 24 songs in your version that you did do you remember how many songs i don't it would have been cut down like it was 20 minutes max uh, and it was probably pieces of songs so it sounds Um, like you could have done all 24 but just like a couple of seconds here and there of them well I only had two actors like it was just Jesus and Uh Judas so it was I think I had parts of heaven on their mind I think I did the whole Gethsemane because that I love that song so much and that's a big moment um and I think I did their probably parts of their last supper fight um like it was very much cut paste piece together make it work for two people but yeah so I mean it probably would have been at least pieces of eight songs i would think I would it's all music love to see that one day uh is there anything else you want to talk about before we get to sharp and flat um let me look at my 12 pages of notes oh, that Jesus i christ took. little pages this is a little notebook um let's see i mean just that i love oh maybe just a little bit of gethsemane because i think it's one of my favorite songs it was the first song i tried to learn from this show 
I think that's where we really see Glenn Carter shine. He like owns that character in that moment. His mm-hmm. feet don't even move, but he's so dynamic. And I just love the camera angle that they chose to film that at, which is kind of, it's not from directly above, but it's kind of above. And so it allows him to be singing the whole thing like up to God. And <laughs> it creates this like dynamic shot that makes him feel small in a way. Like it makes him be less godlike, like he's a man, but also he has crazy like falsetto stuff. And then because of that angle, he like opens his mouth real wide when he's like shouting. Yeah. And it's like, oh, right down, right down the throat. That's that shot. I was just going to um, say, he unhinges his jaw to get those notes out. He has the hugest mouth. And I will say, as a singer, like, if you watch that and you're trying to learn, like, technique, that is that song is a masterclass in tongue placement of, like, keeping the tongue down and letting this sound, like, resonate. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't take that sentence out of context, but... I won't. Uh, <laughs> I will not... Um, And then my last thing is that I just love this movie so much and I look forward to watching it again this Easter. (laughs) Well, on that note, let's do Sharp and Flat. Okay. Sharp Flat. So obviously in this section, we're going to highlight some moments. If we liked it, it's sharp. If we didn't like it, it's flat. Diana, I'm pretty sure you wrote down the whole movie as sharp, but like, were there yes. any? <laughs> yep, was... done. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Do you have any specific moments that you want to like highlight? I'm looking at my list now and I wrote stupid stuff like spiky hair. No, that's not. The highlight. <laughs> uh, I will say the lighting um, and yes. the set sharp, like completely. I wrote that. Um... I wrote that down too. Uh, transitions between songs especially visually total sharp and then the voices of peter caiaphas simon glenn carter and even with all his idiosyncrasies jerome prayed i only wrote down pilot and caiaphas as as their voices i didn't i forgot to write down peter but i just wish that peter had more i know that's not what's in the show but like Maybe recast that actor as somebody else. (laughs) Give him more. Cast him in everything. Give him more. Uh, Do you have any other sharps? Let's see. All my notes went everywhere, so they're on, like, way different pages. Um, Just, like, Punch's pilot in general. Like, his visuals when he's on camera and his, like, resonant voice. And, actually, uh, the overture and the opening. I think that's a, a sharp for me. For me, I wrote down the cult-like nature of the ensemble because you don't see that really in productions of this. Yeah. Like you see them follow him and love him, but it kind of worked in this version. And I was very happy about that. Yeah. Um, What's going on in the background? um, I have roommates. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) Is that they're just talking and sound travels. (laughs) Sorry. Gotcha. I was just like, is the TV on? Are you watching it again? Um, I just started. (laughs) Actually, I will say, I think that was the first thing I wrote down somewhere in these notes is the first notes. That's just such a... The... Yeah, like tension building in that music. Okay. Where were we? (laughs) I also wrote for a sharp Caiaphas and his henchmen's costumes. 
Though I wish Caiaphas's costume stood out a little more. Gotcha. Clearly, yeah. he's the leader of them. But there is, um, especially in um, blood, the blood money moment, like they're mm-hmm. all together. And I'm just like, if I didn't know who's, if I didn't know already that that was Caiaphas, I couldn't pick out Caiaphas in, in that lineup. You know what I mean? Like, I just wish that he had yeah. like a hat or maybe lapels or something. <laughs> a little nice beret or like a fez. <laughs> just, just something to say that he is the leader. That's just um, me. That reminds me, because you talked about uh, blood money. I think it happens there. The The second thing that I noticed for the first time uh, when I did this latest rewatch is that um, at the end of Everything's All Right, when they are like, everything's all right, close your eyes, close your eyes. Like, that's mm-hmm. just repeated. Judas kind of turns his back and walks through, like, the sea of those oh, people. That's and that's a shot. And I noticed this time around is like that shot actually happens again in this movie. And it actually happens, I think two other times um, when the ensemble or the crowds are well done, Judas, good mm. old Judas. And then even when he dies of this poor old Judas. So after, yeah, after he um, gives up Jesus and then after he hangs himself, there's this from various angles, him going through the sea or the That's sea going through him in opposite directions. And I never noticed that about this film. I guess rule of really thirds cool. also applies to dramas. <laughs> yeah. Did you have any flats? Um, yeah, I will say poor Jerusalem, the song boring. It's, I mean, it's tiny. It's like a minute long, but it's. Just, oh, is that the one with the beggars? It's like, after that yeah it's after that when he's like or no i think it's after simon's song maybe where he's like if you knew all that i knew poor jerusalem oh yes basically like something happens he's like you guys don't understand but it's a really slow boring song that i usually skip and actually i will say i don't love the song the temple both the song and the scene in this movie uh, which we didn't even <laughs> discuss. Like all of a sudden they're wearing Middle Eastern outfits, but also modern stuff. And they're there's everything me. labeled bad in the world, just like thrown out there. But he does throw a TV and that is very rock and roll. <laughs> and then everyone comes out as the peasants, but they have still perfect teeth, looking teeth, even though they're painted. And yeah. they still look beautiful. I'm just like, Guys, this is a movie. You could give them boils or something. Make them gross. Some of them look a little like I. I pretty. I like that scene actually. I think that's visually very interesting, and it's like a zombie movie just thrown in. Over flats. Oh, do you have any more flats that you want to highlight? Um, um, um. Oh, and I wrote the rest of the show after the song superstar. <laughs> uh i wrote everyone else's costumes it was weird because you had it was like we said it was that time capsule of early 2000s but it was not well done (laughs) Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden jesus is in a white robe and i'm like could you like make him match somebody like i know he's supposed to stand out and everything it just stood out way too much gotcha opinion um, I didn't like Judas's uber bad boy image. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I know you got, <laughs> I didn't like the staging or the over subtext of some of it. Where. Elaborate. Well, we, we talked about the staging, especially with the Last Supper. Right. 
but there were just moments with, oh, uh, I don't know how to love him is a perfect example. Okay, yeah. Where she's just like, I should go. I'm going to go, but I'm going to stay. I love him. And I'm just like, I don't need to see that. Just I thought of another example of that falls into this too. In um, Damned for All Time, there's like a little musical interlude and the choreography is he just like runs around in a circle, but he, like he goes through this pillar, runs here. Oh, yes. That, and it ends up just being a circle and then he starts singing again. So... <laughs> I was just like, what? What's with the running? Running now? circles. Um, are there any of the songs from the, obviously you know this version, like the back of your hand. What are you, some of the ones that you're going to add to your life's, life's playlist? Yeah. I mean, um, the fact that I do watch this movie every year and listen to these songs every year, I feel like it is all on my list. It's all? Playlist. You could say all. Um, you're more than welcome to. Well, I'm going to pick a few songs out. Um, could we start again, please? Just... Mm-hmm. It's beautiful that harmony I could listen to all the time. Gethsemane for me is just an amazing song and I have to sing along all the time. Heaven on their minds because that's me singing it, living my like tenor Judas <laughs> fantasy. And actually the Last Supper song, <laughs> just because not only <laughs> me acting out that scene, but also when the chorus is singing, there's a harmony that I sing that it's like very it's very quiet. You can't even necessarily hear it unless you're listening for it. But I always sing that harmony part. And <laughs> yeah, so that song. Okay, I have three. Okay. I have three. Um, this Jesus Must Die because, hello. I, I, hello, give me all, the, all those deep male, male voices. I wrote Blood Bunny, but when Judas is selling out Jesus, that was that- really, that stood out a lot. What I liked was they gave a pause and allowed that moment time to breathe while he made that decision before he like grabbed the money. Is that what you're referencing? I don't remember. I'm not going to lie. Okay. But the, um, yeah. Um, when he, then he sings on Thursday night. I think it's before oh, that. Oh, okay. There's, there's parts before that too, that I was just like, Ooh, we found your your sweet spot. <laughs> yeah, um, I do and, love singing that song. <laughs> and then I also wrote down, "Could we start again, please?" Because give me those sweet, sweet harmonies. I'm gonna love it. It's it's so uh just gonna live in it. <laughs> yeah, and I like that it's not actually done all the time because it remains this like special song that if you know it, then like I don't know, it's. It's not overdone then, basically. Uh, Diana, we're at the end. We did it. Oh my God, we did it. We spoke about Jesus Christ Superstar and I didn't totally shit on it. And I'm sorry that I, I'm sorry that I critiqued a lot of the moments. I did see you just go, my movie must protect <laughs> it. <laughs> my precious. Um, I, I did better than <laughs> I expected um, because I think all of your criticisms I was well aware of, but after 20 years, you know. Them. <laughs> you're still like my precious but it's okay. well it's kind of like a, a similar thing happened where i had never seen a muppet christmas carol until like a month ago and <laughs> everyone's like you have to see it it's the best you'll love it you'll love it and it felt i felt so much pressure to love this movie and i watched it and i thought it was great like it was very enjoyable and i had 
the music stuck in my head and I was like, actually, I would watch this again. And I realized one watching does not a beloved favorite make. Right. I and mean, you, so you also takes... have an emotional connection to it because you watched it when you were younger. So you right. have years of loving it. So, yeah. And so your homework now is to watch it for 20 years. <laughs> <sighs> and we'll, we'll come back in 20 years and see, okay. see what you okay. think. We'll see how long this podcast lasts. Okay. It'll last 20 years. God damn it. Uh, is there anything you want to plug or promote? Um, I mean, not really doing much stuff right now, but I can tell you where to follow along in case stuff does come up um, Mm -hmm. because I occasionally will put out fun like videos or songs um, or do some virtual shows. So on Twitter, you can follow me at Diana likes dogs. Um, And that's (laughs) because my name is taken by an account that's never been used and whatever. Um, On Instagram, it's Diana Stasia. So the name Anastasia, but with a D I in front of it, Instagram, Twitter. And then I do have a Facebook page that you can follow, which is just my name. Diana DiCostanzo, D-I-C-O-S-T-A-N-Z-O. Yeah. And then I'm, I'm going to plug something for you. Over summer 2020, you and your roommates did uh, concerts on Facebook and, and Instagram and Twitch, I believe. Like you went live a couple mm-hmm. of times. Um, and they are divas on tap and... Look up divas underscore on underscore tap underscore NYC. NYC, yeah. So we have a few home concerts there where I think we did Jesus Christ Superstar songs in one of them. Um, oh, yeah, because you did an Angela Weber night. I, yes, I remember exactly. I watched all of them. So, <laughs> And I think I got to sing Judas a little bit in that show. Um, oh, and one more thing I probably should promote. I'm, I'm bad at this. Um, I do have an album out that you can listen to songs. You can listen to online uh, on iTunes, Spotify. You can hear some stuff on my website, which is dianadicostanzo.com. But the album is matters of the heart and it's music. I recorded a few years back at this point, but it is just lovely and enjoyable. And if you want to get in touch with the podcast, uh, you can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com. Where I'm, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at But A Song Pod. And you guys can write in about your viewpoints on Jesus Christ Superstar. I'll read them. Don't worry, Diana. I'll shield you from them. <laughs> I, my heart can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> unless, unless people love it, then I'll share them with you. And next episode, we're going to be doing On the Town. Uh, Diana, why don't we go enjoy the Last Supper and cry a little? Yay! Thank you! Bye! Bye! Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. <laughs>